This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. Norm Mineta, the namesake of San Jose's International Airport, died this week at age 90. Mineta broke barriers over his decades-long career as San Jose's first Asian-American mayor in the 1970s, and he later served in Congress before working with President Bill Clinton and George W. Bush. Mineta was U.S. Secretary of Transportation during the Bush presidency and was instrumental in creating the Transportation Security Administration following the September 11th attacks. In a 2021 interview with San Jose Spotlight, Mineta said his background and experience in a Japanese-American internment camp as a youth during World War II inspired his advocacy and public service. He is survived by his wife, Denny, and his kids, David and Stuart. Here with me to talk about Mineta and his legacy today are State Assemblymember Ash Kalra and Rod Diridon, the former Executive Director of the Mineta Transportation Institute. Welcome to the show, you two. Thank you. Nice to be here. So, Rod, let's start with you. I'd like to know, because I know that you were friends with uh, Norm Mineta. How did you meet and how did you become close friends? Back in the late 60s, I was returning uh, as a naval officer from serving in, in uh, on a destroyer in Vietnam, and I think it just clicked with Norm because he had been an, an Army uh, intelligence officer uh, serving in, in Korea, and he had recently returned also. And he was working with his father, selling insurance, had been uh, encouraged by the Japanese community to become involved in politics, was a planning commissioner, and we just kind of uh, uh, evolved together. Uh, we both were in members of the Junior Chamber of Commerce, JCs, and uh, and he uh, uh, a short time later uh, was appointed to the city council to fill a vacancy, and then move on to run for re-election, and he won handily uh, uh, re-election for the city council, and then won won a, an election um, overwhelmingly to become the first uh, Asian-American mayor of a major mainland city in, in the United States. At the same time, I was doing the same thing up in Saratoga, running for city council and then running for the county board of supervisors and being elected uh, for what would be turned out to be a 20 years in, in office at the county level. And uh, we were both had a background in transportation or concern for transportation, which was a very, very major issue in the county at that time. The uh, highways were rapidly becoming overcrowded. The air was terribly polluted in the early 70s from, that was before the, uh, the catalytic converters were required. And uh, so Norm and I evolved into working on the transportation master plan for the county, which was the uh, trans- uh, rapid transit development project uh, for Santa Clara County. I, I chaired that for goodness for 25 years. And, and he, uh, he became the implementer he, he, when he was elected to Congress. Uh, and by the way, he was elected to Congress when other people might have been able to beat him uh, on, the, on the council, like Ron James, who was a loved uh, prior mayor. Uh, they all stepped aside because it was Norm's time. And we all felt Norm really needed to represent the Valley. And, and Norm won against a, a crotchety old council uh, uh, congressman. Well, actually, he won a vacant seat, but he won against some people that were crotchety old Republicans. And he signaled the change in the valley to a Democratic valley. And uh, he uh, he went back to Congress, became a leader immediately. He was the chair of that huge 1972-1974 uh, Watergate class 
of uh, 79 new Congress members. And, uh, and that leadership stuck with him all the way. Uh, he moved on to become the leader in the, the Transportation Infrastructure Committee of, uh, of Congress, went through several different names. He eventually chaired the uh, uh, Service Transportation Committee and then the whole committee and uh, did so at a time when they were having a reauthorization in the early 90s, uh, at which he, uh, he made sure Santa Clara County had uh, plenty of funding for our transportation systems. Uh, Norm and I uh, represented the same geographic area for all of that time. Uh, it was the fourth supervisorial district and uh, Norm's, I think it was the 13th congressional district for, for uh, quite a long time. And uh, it was uh, the kind of the central west side of San Jose uh, out into Campbell and so on. A and uh, we walked each other's precincts. I carried his material. He carried my material at Disney Volunteers. We attended each other's banquets and, and gave speeches for each other. Uh, sometimes we laughed. Sometimes we cried together. And uh, it was it was a brotherhood for uh, a very long period of time. And I miss him terribly. Oh, thank you for that, Rod. And what about you, Assemblymember Cholera? How did you get to know and uh, spend time with Normanetta? Well, the first time I met him, I was uh, in law school in Washington, D.C. He would, there's no reason why he would remember because uh, he met a lot of people, but I, I met him at some reception when I was going to Georgetown. And uh, when he learned that uh, I was his constituent back home in San Jose, uh, you know, he, he was just beaming uh, and uh, just all, you know, always very kind. I, I really didn't reconnect with them because at that time, you know, I had never met a congressman before, and I never thought I'd see him again because I had no interest going into politics. I mean, I wanted to be a public defender, and and I never imagined that I would be kind of going down that road. But um, later, when I came back to San Jose, uh, and it was, um, I, I would reconnect with him in the early two thousands with him and you know Mike Honda, uh, Paul Fong, and 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 so many other mentors. Uh, that I that I got to know, and and that's when I really got to know Norm and know that, you know, he was really the role model and mentor for all of us, <laughs> and uh, just such a genuinely decent guy, and our friendship grew from there. Thank you for that. Now, I know that um, Rod touched on some of his professional accomplishments, and we can definitely get into that in a bit. But first, I'd like to hear about who Normanetta was as a person, you know, outside of this professional sphere, the political sphere. Uh, Assemblymember Caller, I'd like to start with you. What was Norm like? You know, he w w was such a genuine person. Uh, he was gentle, but a lion at the same time. Like, you know, he wasn't big in stature, but when he walked into a room, his presence uh, just carried a room uh, and, and just full of kindness. Um, uh, when he, he would mentor and guide without, um, you know, without arrogance uh, and uh, just um, funny. <laughs> Norm was definitely a funny guy and, and really enjoyed being around people, um, really uh, enjoyed meeting uh, new people. Like when, he, you know, when I say, you know, when I, when I met him, I mean, you know, I'm one of thousands of, of people that he met and mentored over the years. Uh, and you know, just a um, just a genuinely decent human being, and and, and a, a real true role model um, for anyone that is in uh, public service. Do you have anything to add to that, Rod? Uh, just a little. Uh, Ash really uh, 
captured him as a as a person very well. And, and thank you. Brings back good memories. One of the things that was unique about Norm, though, was that um, he's tough as nails. Uh, you would never you would never guess that in being with him. He's diminutive. Uh, he's uh, he, he's soft spoken, uh, and uh, he uh, he would defer to other people when they were talking. Uh, if if he had a success working with you, he would make sure you got credit for the success. And uh, it, that was really unique in a politician. Uh, usually we have to have the credit in order to get reelected. Well, Norm was so confident in his, himself that he shared credit with everybody. And, and uh, I think that made him beloved to everybody that he worked with. Uh, he, uh, he certainly is loved by his family, who, who I think of now back in Maryland grieving with, with his wife, Denny, uh, and getting ready to decide what to do next. Assemblymember, you mentioned that um, Norm could be funny. Do you have any specific funny stories that stand out or, or any, anything to share? I know that uh, in our article that we ran this week, Director of Aviation John Aiken shared something I found hilarious that uh, Minetta used to joke that he, uh, he found it odd that his parents named him after an airport. Yeah, you know, that that is such a classic, you know, Norm joke uh, that I've seen him say a hundred times. And I, what I love about it is that, first of all, it's great when he does it to people that he's just met because it catches them off guard for a second. Uh, and <laughs> it's always, I, so I always like to watch other people whenever he, he meets them for the first time because sometimes people will say, wait, you know, the airport, you know, Mineta Airport. And then he would make that joke. And uh, so I like to see their reactions. But it also speaks to how humble he is. He would deflect the fact that he had this huge honor that's usually reserved posthumously for people um, that for a couple of decades, here he is, um, you know, as energetic as ever and, and, and still a huge leader um, nationally, globally, and has a, a major airport named after him. And so although it was definitely a joke that I, that I know he enjoyed saying all the time, underlying that was his humility. Because rather than the attention being on him, he'd make a little joke out of it and, and make light of the fact that he had that great honor. Um, and he always liked telling uh, the, the baseball bat story too, <laughs> which again, makes light of a very serious situation uh, when he was, uh, he and his family were put on a train and, and his baseball bat as a little kid, uh, as a little eager was taken away because it was considered a dangerous weapon. And the whole story about how he got um, some guys sent him a bat to replace it ended up being Hank Aaron's bat and, and worth way too much for him to accept as a gift, as a member of Congress. And so his joke was that the government took his bat away again. Right. <laughs> and um, once he was out of public service, he did get the bat again and he had his, his walking stick made into a bat. And so, you know, just this, this symbolism of it, of him, making a joke out of it, but it actually is something very serious that happened in his life. And I think it speaks to how, you know, his experience of being taken away with his family, put in an internment camp, and using that negative experience, horrific experience of being you know, surrounded by barbed wire and, and having these big men with machine guns, you know, kind of pointed at everybody inside the, the encampments and being in prison like that, and turning that around into inspiration and an inspirational life that I think using that humor was one of his tools. 
and and that and, and having that humility, knowing where he came from. Uh, and so he he was very funny and and lighthearted, but underlying that was life experiences that I think um, led him to be that way in order to um, you know really. Um, bring people closer to him. And as Rod said, you know, he, he was beloved in a bipartisan way, loved by Republicans, Democrats, what have you, because of that humility and, and, and the effectiveness that he had. Yeah. And, you know, I was even just reading that he was the only Democratic member of uh, Bush's cabinet. I didn't know that before. Yeah, that's right. What about you, Rod? Do you have any funny stories or any, anything like that to share? I have uh, a couple. Uh, one is one that Norm used to, uh, Share when he was ever, whenever he was with uh, scouting groups, and and both he and I were leaders of the local Boy Scout troops. Uh, uh, when he was interned uh, back in uh, in the uh, the camps, uh, Senator Alan Simpson, uh, who was just a kid like like Norman, a scout, uh, would come with his uh, troop to have joint sessions, uh, campouts with the, the scouts in the uh, internment camp at, at Heart Mountain. And uh, Alan, uh, who is the opposite of Norm, Alan is six foot eight or six foot nine uh, and uh, this lanky guy. Norm is, was about five foot four, five foot five. And, and uh, but this, these two little rascals would set up their camps and Alan would always make sure that they were above his buddies so that when they set up their uh, camp, their tent, they could set the uh, water so that when it came, the rain came down and ran off the tent, it would run into a ditch that they created around the tent and run into his buddy's tent <laughs> in the middle of the night. A youthful yeah. prank. That, that, uh, that was a typical thing that Alan and, uh, and Norm uh, shared time and time again when they were in, in gatherings. And of course, Alan was a Republican. And Norm was a Democrat later on, which helped bridge that gap that is so hard to bridge now. Then there was a little inside joke that uh, I, 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 can, I can remember a dozen others, but there's a little inside joke that not many people know about that uh, he, Norm and I have shared from time to time. And that is that uh, we have a serious disagreement. We, we had, we still have, and we probably still have up there a serious disagreement. I think it's better to have a train station named after you. He thinks it's better to have an airport named after you. <laughs> <laughs> How awful is that? Oh, that's a good one. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. We're going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. To be an entrepreneur, you have to have vision, confidence, and purpose. And like so many other business owners, you have to find resources that can help you through tough times. Comcast Rise changed my life. They put me in a unique space where I could scale on my own. More than 4,700 businesses have benefited from the Comcast Rise program. Apply today at ComcastRise.com for a variety of business, marketing, and tech makeovers on us. Keep rising. Hi, this is Lynn Balistrieri, San Jose Spotlight's Development Director. Like all our coverage, the Podlight is made possible by you, community members who understand the need for an unbiased, independent news source. Your fully tax-deductible gift will go directly to support our nonprofit newsroom. We hope that you will consider making a monthly or annual donation at SanJoseSpotlight.com 
so that we may continue to bring you the news that matters to you. Thank you. Well, let's get into some of his accomplishments now. Rod, I know you listed a lot uh, early on. I know that we can probably spend almost the whole episode talking about this, but if if both of you had to pick maybe one or two of his biggest accomplishments, what would you say those were? And Rod, let's start with you. Well, it, the uh, he had so many and many, many that occurred uh, that uh, he didn't talk about, that he, he didn't take a lot of credit for. But, you know, everybody will talk about standing up uh, PSA, the, the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the security, a TSA uh, program for uh, the Department of Transportation. Uh, that was a horrendous problem. And, and it took Norm's determination, supported by his, his good friend, John Flaherty, uh, to get that job done. Uh, another, uh, another is, is the reparations for the Japanese Americans that were interned. That, that they tried year after year after year. And finally, Norm, uh, with his friends out in Hawaii, uh, the senators from Hawaii and others were able to get that through. And, those are lifetime achievements right there. But, you know, he individually uh, wrenched the highway department away from the U.S. Department of Transportation and put the U.S. Department of Transportation into mass transportation business. And that happened in 1991 in the uh, uh, ICT, Intermodal Surface Transportation Efficiency Act, uh, that Norm crafted in his surface transportation committee. And it, it uh, for the first time, set up a funding source in the Highway Trust Fund. He called it the Highway Trust Fund, but he took 20% of that trust fund and put it into mass transportation. For the first time, they were funding mass transportation at the local level. And that, uh, that set the, the parameters for future support for mass transportation and railroads throughout the United States, which is, if we didn't have that, we would have no way of combating climate change now. Yeah, it's it's crazy to even think about um, that that didn't happen until the 90s. I, I think you said it was 91, which was also, I believe, when they founded the uh, Mineta Transportation Institute. It was because up until that time, the highway lobby, the petroleum lobby controlled Congress. And it took a person like Norm, who was loved by everybody, who had the vision for the future and knew what we had to do for the future uh, to to craft the legislation, and be tough enough to get it adopted. What about you, Assemblymember? Are there any uh, big accomplishments that come to mind? Well, I mean, I think Rod, touching on issues of transportation, I I gave um, the adjournment in memory this morning along with my colleague Evan Lowe. And um, one of the things I mentioned, which is true, is that, you know, that, and and frankly, Rod, Rod, Rod comes in there, I think, in second, in terms of Norm being someone that knows more about transportation than anyone I've met in public policy. And I, I think that, um, you know, I, and frankly, it's fitting to, to be here with Rod, who is the other person that I think, especially for our valley and our region, um, you know, has been that significant. So it's not surprising to me the partnership that Rod and Norm have. And, and I'll elaborate a little bit more on the um, – the, the reparations um, aspect and, and kind of his experience in the internment camps. Um, as, as an API elected official, what, what he was able to do um, in, in being one of the lead uh, members of, of Congress um, 
to push forward the Civil Liberties Act of 1988, uh, to not only have the United States government apologize uh, for the internment of our Japanese American brothers and sisters, but to, uh, to actually have money payment and reparations. Again, the amount was not as relevant as the fact that it was unprecedented at that time. And, and this is during the Reagan administration um, that he was able to do this with, again, bipartisan support. Uh, it, it, I think it's now we think about it and it's like, okay, that's a part of history. Um, you know, it, it, I guess maybe now it would seem like a bigger deal because of what's happening around our country. But the reality is that for him to be able to do that um, at that moment in time and not just um, lead uh, on something so significant for our nation regarding our human rights violations, our, our violations of, of, of civil rights, but from continuing in his entire life in public service, standing up, uh, during the, the war in Iraq against Saddam Hussein, making it very clear, this is a war against Saddam Hussein, not against Muslims. 9-11, even as Secretary of Transportation, doing what he had to do to keep us safe and grounding the planes, uh, as time went forward, reminding us that uh, this is not a war uh, against a religion, it's not a war against people that look different than us, because he knows, he always knew what it was like because he lived it. And so I, I think that that is a longstanding impact ingrained in us, especially those of us that are API leaders. Think about it. He was the first big city mayor in the history of our country in 1971, the first Japanese American in Congress. In San Jose, we right now have four assembly members that represent different portions of San Jose, three of which are API. Uh, that never would have happened without Normanetta. Rod, this question is for you. What lasting influence, and I, you've you kind of touched on this with your last response, but maybe you could expand a little bit. What lasting influence has Manetta left on the transportation sector in both Silicon Valley and the United States as a whole? Well, Nick, uh, the, the prior comment really applies here. I'll dramatize a little bit if I could. The, the tough job it was to break away from the petroleum industry's lock on politics in America. They still have it, by the way. Uh, and uh, to break away from that, that lock and to finally get some money into mass transportation. Uh, the sad part is that the, the amount of money hasn't kept up with need. And so uh, I wish he was back. We need more funding for transit, uh, more funny, m funding for rail, high-speed rail, if we're going to beat the, the climate change uh, battle. But he set the course. And others that would like to emulate him and many would, you know, his his ability to work across the aisle has not been matched since he was in Congress or or a Secretary of Transportation. Can you imagine how tough it would be for a person like Norm, who is a liberal, uh, to become Secretary of Transportation under a person like George Bush, who is an obvious conservative, uh, to serve as the Secretary of Transportation? Norm through his negotiations with that administration, allowed the Department of Transportation to continue to support mass transportation programs, not as much as he wanted, but much more substantially than might have occurred if we'd had a hardcore Republican Secretary of Transportation. And his, his uh, uh, stamp, um, by virtue of the beginning to properly fund Amtrak and to begin funding the studies for high-speed rail 
and to be supporting electrically powered uh, community transportation systems like light rail and commuter rail and and, uh, and to begin the early promotion of electric cars. All of that came out of, of Norm's time as Secretary of Transportation. And those uh, wonderful uh, kernels or, or eggs of, of the future are hatching now. And it gives us a chance of beating the, the climate change challenge. Thank you for that, Rod. Um, Assemblymember, I've got a couple questions for you, and then we can circle back uh, with Rod. My first question for you is, um, you and Mineta have both served uh, time on the San Jose City Council, obviously at different times. Did he ever impart any kind of advice or words of wisdom in terms of your time there and, and maybe navigating city politics? You know, one thing he said to me, and he said, he said this publicly uh, many times, is that his, the favorite position he's ever held was mayor of San Jose. Uh, he, he really felt, and would impart this to me, how important local city service, local council, the being at the ground level, that that is the foundation of all service. So even as he went on to Congress and the Secretary of Commerce, Secretary of Transportation, he would still say, that serving locally was the most impactful, most enjoyable, uh, many time, in many ways, most challenging um, opportunity he had to serve. And so I never forgot that. I still haven't forgot it now in the assembly that ultimately um, that, that connection to your constituents is really, I think that's really what he was getting at more than anything. It's not just the title. It was the role that being played on a council or as mayor um, that you, you have to remain connected to the ground that you walk onto, the, the people you serve in your own community, in your own neighborhood. And, uh, you know, that's something that he just did naturally. Some, some elected officials do it because they, you know, it's part of you know, a checklist of things they have to do. Uh, it was just so natural for Norm. And I think that that's what, you know, made him um, so loved, even when he was at, on a higher platform, a higher stage, is that he still kept that same relationship building um, mannerisms about him because it was just so natural to him. And so um, it's definitely something I learned from him uh, and, and try to embody and try to emulate um, and try to remember that no matter what title I have, that you have to think about the people in your own neighborhood, in your own community um, as you know, kind of foremost as you're thinking about these bigger, heavier, weighty issues. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Every time you come to Gilroy Gardens, you'll make memories to last a lifetime. So make the most of this precious time when your kids are young and purchase value memberships so the whole family can enjoy unlimited regular season visits through November 20th. If you buy now, everyone pays the kids price of just $55. That's the very best price of the year and it won't last long. Buy now at gilroygardens.org and come play at this magical place where fun grows on trees. Looking for a design agency that can take your brand to the next level? Design in Mind is a woman-led design agency that specializes in branding mid-sized companies, startups, and even nonprofits. Reach out to discover how a better brand can help move your business forward and book a consultation at designim.com. Now, we've been talking about this. Um, it's, it's been mentioned several times. Mineta was San Jose's first Asian-American council member and subsequently the city's first Asian-American mayor. Um, 
I think it's clear, and, and I know that other elected officials have said this, that he helped lay the path for others to follow, which I, uh, I also find interesting because the current city council lacks any kind of AAPI representation. It's an issue that's come up in the redistricting process, coming up in the current primary and uh, general elections this year. So, uh, Assemblymember, I guess what I'm getting at is I'd like to hear your perspective on like why representation at the local level of government matters, and maybe if you have any ideas on what could be done to increase that kind of representation for the AAPI community in San Jose. Well, there's always more that can be done, and it absolutely matters. And I think Norm is an example why it matters, right? Um, it wasn't just that he was Japanese-American. It was the experiences, the experiences that he went through because he was Japanese-American. Uh, he was obviously as uh, as patriotic as an American as, as, as anyone that stepped foot uh, in San Jose or, or in this country, but he had unique experience, experiences because uh, he was API. And that's why it's important that representation matters. It's not that we're not going to look out for the interests of everyone. That's what I do as an elected official. That's what you know, Eva Lowe and Alex Lee and, and so many others do um, as they represent our community. But we bring our different life experiences, and especially if you look over the last couple of years with the increase of, A- of AAPI hate, it's been incredibly relevant to have um, AAPI representatives and allies uh, that, that understand us. But the, the allies that are our colleagues better understand us when they have colleagues that understand what our community is going through. Uh, just like right now, what we're seeing, under, you know, having an understanding of what our LGBTQ community is going through and have that representation, understand what women are going through and having you know more women in rep- in office. So representation is incredibly important, and we do need to do more. Um, I, but you know, look, at the end of the day, we have to build a bench, right? Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have three uh, assembly members right here in San Jose that are API. Uh, that's something that um, you know has never um, happened, or never happened back in, in Norm's time, but it's happened because of Norm <laughs> and because of others that came before us. Uh, and so there's no doubt that a city of our size uh, should have um, AAPI representation on its council. Um, and, and we need to have a, a deeper bench on our school boards and um, public policy institutes and other places where important decisions are being made. Uh, and, you know, and so, uh, and I think Norm understood diversity and, and representation in a broader sense. So I think that He's so, was certainly very proud of the fact that we have five Latinos on the city council right now. Although we don't have an API, that, that, that also was a something important to Norm, understanding that that it's not about just it's not about just one of us or one group. It's about all groups having uh, access and representation. And so there's certainly more that we should be doing. But I think that um, Norm um, laid the groundwork, uh, and and partly because um, he. He was very proudly AAPI, but made sure that as he represented the community, that everyone felt his embrace. Mm, Thank you for that. Now, I'd like to end on a high note here. Um, I'd like you each to share a memory or a time, maybe even the last time you saw Normanetta, but just a memory that you'd like to share and and leave us with uh, just to end on a positive note. And Rod, you can go first. I talk to Norm weekly over the telephone about uh, planning things. We were co-chairing a, a massive national effort at the time with uh, Secretary LaHood, uh, Secretary Fox, Secretary Manetta and myself were co-chairing the 
U.S. High Speed Rail Coalition, which was a, a gathering of people from throughout the United States supporting funding for high speed rail. And we're hit, we were very successful in getting $66 billion into the infrastructure bill for intercity rail, a portion of which was designated for high speed rail. And we're working now on, on funding for the climate change portion of the Build Back Better bill, which is being crafted now. And we were, so we were talking weekly on that and, and oftentimes uh, giving speeches together to large groups uh, virtually uh, to try to get them to uh, be involved in that. And I can remember that even when he wasn't feeling well, and during the last month or two, he was really having a hard time, he would figure out a way to be on the call and say a few words, even though he wasn't feeling well. That harkened back to when we were youngsters in politics. And it's hard to believe that a guy 90 years old and me at 83 were youngsters at one time, but we, we looked a lot like you at, at one time in politics. And we would, uh, we would have our dinners, our fundraising dinners, and, and at the end of the dinner for whoever it was, we would uh, clean everything up and get everything set and then go out for a, a post-dinner drink uh, and uh, sit down with people like Al Alquist and, and uh, Congress member Don Edwards and, and the, the grand old people in the, in the valley and would sit around and listen to them. And they'd tell us the future, uh, tell us the past as a way of mapping the future. Not unlike the uh, the tribe with the, uh, the, the elders sitting around in the teepee telling the new young warriors what they needed to do in order to be successful in the future. Well, we tried to do that it, it, more recently. At the end of our careers, we would do the same things. I can remember a, a long uh, post-event uh, session in Cupertino uh, when uh, Norm and I were there until after midnight uh, talking to the young people. We would rather have been home in bed, I'll tell you. But we, we were there until uh, the last of the youngsters uh, finally had to get wound down and, and uh, go on home. I think that sense of concern for the future was something that, that came from Norm almost uh, viscerally. And I hope that it was contagious. I hope that those young people that we talked to uh, were ready to carry on. I know my son, uh, uh, young Rod, was an intern for Norm at one time. And now he, you know, he went on through his career as city council member and so on. And now he's the senior manager for governmental affairs, local governmental affairs for the Western U.S. for Apple. And I hope he's got that story from Norm and got that sensitivity. I know he did, that sensitivity for the future. And he is just one as... As Ash mentioned a moment ago, one of hundreds of interns and people that have come in, in close association with that wonderful gentleman who is now a memory for all of us. Hmm. Thank you for that, Rod. And what about you, Assembly Member? Well, I have, I have a lot, a lot of memories with Norm, not as, as much as Rod, but but certainly so many pleasant and, and happy memories. But there's one that comes to mind. Uh, I, I was out in the East Coast uh, several years ago. Uh, when I was on the city council, uh, just visiting on some delegation trip and, and reached out to to him. And he said, hey, why don't you come with me to this dinner? And it was, like, he had no reason to do that. It, it, you know, he, he, he took me out to this dinner out in Maryland. 
Uh, of course, he didn't tell me he was getting some big honor there. And, um, it, you know, we think of, or at least when you have someone that you know like that, you think, oh, he's San Jose's Normanetta, or he's the API community's Normanetta. And I think that was my first realization when I was there in this room. I just had so much adoration for him. Uh, and it was bipartisan and people of all ages and all races and, uh, you know, some government folks, some private sector folks, and they would all just come up to him and he was just beaming and so happy to see everyone there when you realize that he really belonged to the world. He belonged to everyone. And um, that when you realize that, you realize how much of a loss it is, but also how much of an impact uh, he's going to continue to have for so many years to come. Because, you know, if I think in my little world, oh, wow, like, you know, he's big in my little world and there's, you know, a thousand other people that think the same way, you can, you can really see the kind of impact he's had. So it was a very special moment for me, uh, most of the time just, just watching um, and just watching Norm and watching people interact with them and seeing how much joy they had and everyone had a different story or different anecdote. Remember when you did this? Remember when we were here? Remember when we were at this dinner? Remember when you met my son? Whatever it might have been, but everyone had such a positive interaction with them um, during the course of their lives. And it just tells you um, what kind of impact a certain a single person can have when they're selfless, when they're dedicated to service, and they're genuine um, in that service. And so I, I'll always remember that memory because it feels like it was just a special memory that I had with him. And I was just so um, you know, honored that, that he chose to spend the, the evening with me. Mm, thank you for sharing that. And thank you both for coming on the podcast today to talk about this. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.